Welcome to the weekend. Well, not quite the weekend, but we'll get you there. It is Gwen and Chris for a Friday afternoon, getting the uh, program started here. 2.01 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios, getting ready for uh, all kinds of exciting stuff this weekend in the world of sports, the NBA All-Star Game weekend. That's huge. I know I can't wait for all of the... uh, (laughs) All of the festivities to get underway. Yeah, I'm already over it. Let's see. What else do we have this weekend? We have, oh, we have the beginning of the XFL. The Roughnecks. The Roughnecks make their debut. The Houston Roughnecks take on the Orlando Guardians as part of the four-game XFL weekend opening stuff. College baseball season is underway. Looked up on the uh, TV screen watching the MLB Network here in studio. You see San Diego Tritons getting a little national love. On the network. On the network. They're taking on Grand Canyon. If you want to watch a little college baseball, you can tune it in. The Tritons are losing the game, though. Six to nothing in the sixth inning. They need a big rally there. Our Aztecs are out in the desert. Aztecs open up at Arizona State tonight. USD is home to Nebraska tonight. So, look, if you're looking for something to do, there you have it. If you'd like to check in on the preps, high school basketball playoffs, they're into the quarterfinals all around the county tonight. And, of course, probably the biggest event of the weekend, the Friday night lights matchup at Francis Parker High tonight (laughs) between the Mount Carmel Sun Devils, otherwise known as the Little Devils, taking on Francis Parker in a quarterfinal matchup of the CIF girls' soccer playoffs. One daughter of Tony Gwynn Jr. will be starring, hopefully, in that game for the Little Devils. Yeah. Tony, yeah. did you bring a bunch of... Because you're going probably going to go straight there. I am. Francis Parker's pretty close to our studios, so I imagine you... How many layers are you going to be I got, bringing oh, with you tonight? I got uh, about three... Three layers. Three layers. He's got his Mount Carmel uh, beanie beanie cap. Yeah. He's rocking that today. Yeah. So yeah, he's no, getting it's, ready. It's uh, school spirit. for School uh, spirit, for, yeah. Uh, for a big-time matchup, as you said. Big-time matchup. I may <laughs> I may call you at halftime to see if it's, <laughs> see if it's close. Well, you as I tell Sneak my wife. Sneak out there for the second half. On the times where she can't make it, you can't call me because I'm like trying to like record with oh, my you're phone. recording. Oh, yeah. Where did you get that from, I wonder? <laughs> your dad my, is famous for recording every one of your... Hoop games. I know your basketball yeah, games. Everybody yeah. tells me that your dad used to sit up in the top row at Poway High, yep. and he would record every single one of those hoop games. Have you ever sat down to watch one of those hoop games that your dad so fastidiously recorded? Uh, I My mom has them somewhere in storage. They're somewhere in storage. Uh, I, I need to get them, though, because I don't think my kids, Come believe, on, my you kids don't believe it. me. I'd like, to, I'd like to see a little video. Everybody says you're an unbelievable high school basketball player. I don't I don't argue that because, I mean, you're a professional athlete. And, I can, uh, you I can hoop a little hoop, bit, so I'm pretty sure you were pretty good. I can hoop a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, I, I haven't got to uh, the level that my dad. My dad had like a full on like tripod. He'd like sit up in the corner. Yeah, he, he, he was he he'd was get a there lot like an hour before the game. He'd get, get there all set early. Up. He was a lot more. Uh, he was a lot less chatty. You know, when he was up in that corner, you know, he'd like to be left alone so yeah. that he could focus on on the game. I, I, I'm a little more. I'm a little more chatty. You chat a yeah, little bit you know. with some of the fans, right? But right. still, at the same time, you are recording the game 
for uh, your daughter to watch one of these days. Yeah, why not? Good for you. Good for you. Those are memories uh, that you should hold on to. Yeah. Well, if you're looking for anything else, that's pretty much it for the uh, world, of <laughs> for the world of sports today. on this weekend. I mean, we're doing the best we can. Uh, Tiger Woods probably isn't going to get to play golf this weekend unless the cut line changes at the Genesis Invitational in Los Angeles. Tiger shot a three over 74 today, and so he finishes the second round at plus one. Nothing to be ashamed of considering it's his first competitive tournament in 11 months. And, yeah, he still has And he's 48 years old. On one leg. On one leg. Basically. He still shot one over par for two rounds, but it looks like the cut is going to be at even par. So there's a chance that Tiger could still sneak into weekend action. We will keep you up to date on what's going on there. Uh, of course, uh, we're avoiding the uh, the biggest story of the day. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> well, we're gonna get. I'm getting to it. I mean, everybody probably knows it already. It's just so. It's not so like scary. I'm, what is scary about this? Nothing, because we've talked about this many times. Everybody knew that this was going to happen. Manny Machado just decided today was the day that it would happen. Uh, Machado saying today publicly that he is going to uh, opt out of his contract at the end of this season. And that does not mean, Tony Gwynn Jr., that this is his last season as a Padre. Explain to the the fine folks out there, I mean, this is what we expected him to do. He would be silly not to do this, being as the market value for a player of his caliber has risen substantially since he first signed the contract five years ago. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly why it is just smart business uh, if you're Manny Machado um, to to use his opt out. That was why you had it, yeah. just in case the market changes. Uh, we'll be able to exploit that, right? And that's what he's going to do here. And now, what it does mean is because there was a lot of talk that maybe they could come to an agreement. Uh, before the season ended, and so that he wouldn't become a free agent, that's now out the window. Uh, Gordon Manny it is he is going to opt out. That means he is going to test free agency. Um, it sounds like he still wants to be here, but I think he wants market value for where it is. And when you look out at some of the paydays that went out this last off season, it would lead you to believe that Manny Machado is a little bit more worth than the thirty million he's getting paid a year, which is unbelievable in and itself. That there are that the market value has risen above thirty million dollars. You would have you'd have thought when he signed the contract five years ago, a ten year a ten year three hundred million dollar deal, that the thirty mil per year would probably hold up for a decade, but it's not even close. I mean, he's going to be worth forty million dollars a year. Most likely. Here's the best thing that I see about Machado making this announcement. Now, there's two things. Making this announcement today. Yeah, there's one big glaring reason. The big glaring reason why it's good is because this gets it off the table. Right. Nobody's going to have to ask him about it it a thousand times during the season. Right. He's going to opt out. Done. End of story. But I think I came up with another reason why this is a really good move. For the Padres and for their fans. Ah, I know where you're going. This is now going. this is now a prove it to me season for Manny Machado. If he were to hit 085 with four home runs and 11 RBIs, he would then be a free agent without much of a contract being able to get negotiated. But now with this 
announcement, Manny Machado has to go out there and make sure he has another great season, that can only benefit the 2023 Padres as I see it. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know if I go I don't know if I go that way with it. But certainly what you have seen from Manny Machado, at least the last time he was a free agent to be, he put up his his at the time, it might still stand as his best year. Guys tend to put up really good seasons when they're in a free agent year. Yeah, no, I I would I would agree with that from the standpoint of the Padres being the beneficiary of of him opting out and now putting up it, but, it, but you know, in some ways you could think that that's already solidified with what he's done in every year that he's been he a Padre. He seems pretty guaranteed to have a really good season. <laughs> right, right. What I'm hoping, though, is that he has a beyond even if he a does, really good season. Even if he does, to be frank, even if he doesn't have a good season. No, he's still going to be still, worth he's probably still, more than $30, 30 million. million. Right. Well, now, right. can't, can't, does he have to wait until the end of the season to actually officially opt out? So could he be like, I changed my mind, I want to opt in? Yeah, he okay. could. So it's not like he signed the papers today. No, the opt out doesn't generally get taken until season's over and you got to, boom, free agency's getting ready to start. I have one other thing to say to the Padre fans out there who are worried now about the 2024 Padres. Stop. Stop it. (laughs) There's the other. That's where I thought you were going. Enjoy the 2023 Padres because Manny Machado is not going anywhere this season. Right. That is the bottom line. Here is Manny Machado talking about his decision to opt out of his contract from today. Are you going to be a Padre next year, you think? Am I going to be a Padre next year? 2024. I mean, so far this year I'm a Padre, but who knows after next year. I know, uh, you know obviously the team knows where, where I stand in my situation and, you know, with the opt-out coming. And, you know, I think I've expressed that I will be opting out after this year, um, you know, but... I think my focus is not about 2024. I think my focus is about 2023, what I can do to this ball club, what I've done for this organization, and you know what we're going to continue to do here. I think we got something special here growing, and um, you know I don't think uh, anything's going to change. Is that going to be fairly easy for you to focus on? Just I play baseball. I play baseball. Um, you know I go out there and um, you know do what I can every single day. Um, you know I think ultimately we're all here to do one thing, one thing only especially in this planet, is, is, is to do what we're blessed to do. And, you know, I was blessed to play baseball, and that's what I'm going to do every single day. And, um, you know, try to keep leading this team in, in the right path and keep doing the things that we need to do as a ball club here. And I think, uh, you know, try to, try to, there's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of noise, you know. Um, definitely in Padre Stadium. Definitely in Padre Stadium. going to be a lot of noise there, but definitely a lot of noise around the league and around, um in the country with, with a lot of different things, obviously. Um, so I think we're just going to have to get together as a team and just focus in on, on our goal. And um. want to thank uh, San Diego Union Tribune's Kevin Acey making a guest appearance on that clip. <laughs> he <laughs> did. He's the one asking the questions to Manny Machado. But, uh, yeah, there it is. I mean, he, he got it out, and uh, now we all know what we already knew. Let me say, in his last free agent year, Right. Uh, our free agent to be year. He was 25. He played 162. He had 632 at bats, 188 hits. He had 297. He had 37 homers, and he had 107 RBIs. I'll take that. 35 doubles. 
So, I mean, 14 bags, too, by the way. Now, you decided to turn that up as well. So, uh, I mean, this is not a dude that, what, as I think uh, Yonder said it best earlier this week, he said the one thing that Manny does well is block out all that's around him and focuses in on baseball. He, he said it, I don't know, on a couple of different occasions in that interview. I, I play baseball. So as much noise as is going to be, he has shown in the past that he doesn't pay much attention to that noise. Well, there you have it. Yeah, I think it's going to be just fine. And the odds of Manny Machado playing out the rest of his career in San Diego are the same right at this moment as they were this morning. It's just official that he's going to opt out, but we all knew that he was going to do it. This gets rid of the uh, the uh, question mark, and this gets us focused back, he hopes, uh, on baseball, which is ultimately what we're all hoping that he will do very, very well in this 2023 season. All right, uh, we are opting in for four hours on the talk show today. <laughs> nice. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. First segment was really good. Didn't really have to hear much at all from Scraby there. I like that. I have plenty of thoughts, but I'm saving them. I have plenty of thoughts. I'm saving them. All right. Well, you can start letting us know what they are when we come back after a short timeout. Casey Johnson from NBC Sports Chicago. He's been with us many times before. Excellent NBA analyst. And with the uh, NBA heading into the All-Star break, Thought it'd be good to catch up on some basketball with him. So that's coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. The countdown today surrounds the GOAT. And not just one of these wannabe GOATs, but the GOAT. The actual one. The actual GOAT, who is celebrating his 60th birthday today. Our countdown will have to do with the great Michael Jordan. We will uh, get that going for you in the 3 o'clock hour. And the rest of the... uh, Gwyn and Chris stuff, Daily Gambit, Chris first of the fans, Big Five. It's all ahead on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. You can listen to Ben and Woods. 2.21 on the clock. Tell you what, man. Is that Max Homa? That is. It's pretty good. He's also really funny. He just hit a shot facing the opposite direction of where the flagpole was. And the ball still ended up like a little similar seven to the uh, famous uh, chip that Tiger Woods did at the Masters. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. On 16, when he chipped the ball up the hill and then it stopped, made a right turn, <laughs> and then started. And rolled slowly into the cup. Got some legs. Yeah. Stopped on the Nike logo just before it disappeared into the cup. <laughs> it did, didn't One it? One of the greatest <laughs> shots I've ever seen. Didn't Nike use that in an ad, too, I think? I. Wouldn't be surprised. They should They've have. done a study on, I can't remember what the number is, but how much advertising that is for free because of how great the shot was and the moment and how many I people mean, were watching. I mean, it literally stopped on the Nike swoosh. It, it was, stopped yeah. for a quarter of a <laughs> second then, on the swoosh before it disappeared into the cup. I, I'm still amazed by that shot. Yeah. Uh, big new, the, the biggest news of the day, Manny Machado will opt out after the 2023 season. Uh, we heard from Manny himself on that. Uh, Bob Melvin was also asked how closely he follows the whole Manny Machado contract situation. I follow it as closely as anybody else, probably. I mean, any particular questions? And, uh, well, what would it be like without him? 
Um, it'd be different. But look, that you know, the, the provisions in his contract, and this is his right to opt out of, you know. But we've also shown a willingness to keep the important guys here, and I, I'm sure that there's a good chance that's the case with Manny too. So that's just what happens when you have those type of clauses in your contract. Yeah, and they're built in there for purpose, like the purpose we have today. Manny Machado, aside from expressing that he was going to opt out, uh, also talked about what Chris and I talked about last uh, segment, the money that was spent during the offseason, big contracts. He thinks there's a lot of money out there. I mean, that's that's, that's a lot of money out there. It's a lot of money out there, and, um, you know, um, these owners are making a lot of money, and, and, and we're bringing a lot of money, too. We're, we're, we're having fun out there. We're having a good time, and, you know, we're, we're filling up the seats. So, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's all business, and, um, you know, these are things that happen. Markets change, uh, you know, from when I signed, uh, you know, five years ago. It's, 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 it's changed tremendously. So, um, you know, things change and evolve, and, um, you know, as a player, it's about to opt out. It's pretty pretty good to see. Not the kind of contract you see yourself signed. I mean, hopefully. I mean, that's why I pay my agent for some money, huh? <laughs> what about a couple of the contracts that didn't get signed, the offers the Padres made to, to Turner and Judge? What, I mean, what they made. Say? I mean, they made they made the decision. I mean, I think uh, you know, ultimately, everyone has has an opinion on things. I know where where Turner stand. Um, you know, I think Judge was never going to leave New York, uh, but. You know, I mean, just just seeing those offers out there just kind of knows tells you where you know, where a team stands. You know, obviously he wants to win and he has money to pay, so uh, you know he's going to do everything possible to bring, put a good team out there. Well, I mean, th- there it is. Uh, those things, market changing. Those those things he's talking about. New collective bargaining agreement. Um, um, you saw even before they came to agreement, MLB was signing deals. Everywhere, and so uh, as he said, th- th- it also helped him come to this decision was seeing the type of money that the Padres offered uh, a Trey Turner, a, uh, an Aaron Judge, or an Arson Judge, however you want to <laughs> you want to cobble Arson together. Arson a long lost That it, it, it does speak to that, but also to Bob's point, Padres have shown a willingness to do what they have to do to bring the guys back uh, that are that are part of this uh, nucleus. Yeah, I don't think the Padres are going to just let him walk away at the end of the season without a phone call or two. So you can be sure that the Padres are going to put their best effort into keeping Manny Machado. So that's as, that, that, to me, is as obvious as the decision that he made today right. to announce that he will opt out of his contract. That was obvious, and it's obvious that the Padres will do their best to try to keep him, and the Padres will do their best to try to keep Juan Soto. And apparently... John Heyman just keeps on pushing this this at us. But apparently the Padres are still going to be in the running for Shohei Otani, too. One Angels person suggested he will not be surprised if the Padres are the highest bidder for Shohei Otani. This is according to John Heyman. That would be a true shocker considering the huge market Dodgers and deep-pocketed Mets could easily outbid them. But it's no surprise that the Padres will try. So, you know, I, I'm not as in love with Otani as everybody else. I don't dislike Otani. Don't get me wrong. He's an excellent pitcher. He can hit. But I think you're paying a lot for the coolness of Otani. And 
I don't want to pay for that. I want to pay for production on the field. I think there's a lot of risk. I, I really do. How long can I mean? Because his value is as high as it is because of what he brings to the table. What right? he can do, yeah. He can do how? Is it sustainable? He's the only one doing it, so he's the first test test case on this. Really, I mean, that's right. I'm sorry, you know, Babe was doing it back in the day, but this is the first test case that we've seen. Yeah. And so there's really we really don't know how off how effective he'll be, or if he'll remain as effective as he is at both. As he is right now. For two years, he's been pretty darn good. He's been he's really been pretty darn good. darn good. You know, I mean, the guy, uh, you know, won an MVP one year, finished second the next year. So, you know, he's he's been remarkable. But I still think you're paying millions and millions of dollars because of the what he can, the feat that right. he pulls off. Because it hasn't proven yet to this point, and I know baseball's a team game, it hasn't been proven yet to be effective hasn't in terms them win of anything. W's and L's, wins yeah. and losses. Yeah, I mean, it was you know it was interesting. We had Russell, uh, Russ Dorsey on yesterday from the rally, and I, I wanted to ask him. We kind of ran out of time, but we're talking about all these teams in Major League Baseball. It really is amazing. It, it, the team in Major League Baseball that arguably has the best two players on the same team is a team that can't even finish over 500. And that's, that's the That's a Angels, very good point. Because they have Shohei and Two of Mike the very Trout. best in baseball. I mean, yeah. I mean, th- there aren't any teams that have two, you know, a, a duo better than that. Uh, there might be some duos that are as good, but not not close. I mean, you know, it's close. Yeah. I mean, Trout yeah. and Otani, you can't do much better than that, but the Angels haven't won anything. So I, I just... I, I'm not as as geeked up about bringing Otani to San Diego, and I have to believe that of the four players they have now, one or two of them would have to leave in order to make room for Otani. I mean, the Padres' payroll is already two sixty. What are they going to go up to four sixty? You know, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I know, I know, maybe. But I mean, we, you know, we, like you said yesterday, Tony, we've had no bad news surrounding the Padres roster in in like two and a half years. I mean, it's just been one pleasant surprise after another. So maybe that'll continue. Yeah, uh, Bob Melvin wasn't only asked about Manny Machado; he was also asked about Drew Palmer. He's thrown aside today, so he's he's still he's still a little behind everybody else. But we feel like by mid to late spring, hopefully, he catches up. Actually, catches up and is ready, preparing for the season. I think there's a chance at that. Look at his numbers; it's pretty good. So, I mean, it's been a little while since he's pitched, and obviously, surgery—you never really know what it's going to uh, look like. But uh, you know, he's. He's hell-bent on for us this year, and if he's anywhere near the form that he was before, you know, it's another lefty in the bullpen. It's another guy that's pitched late in games, is closed at times. Power arm that gets righties out, so hopefully we get him back. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it has been a while since we've seen Drew Pomeranz on the mound, but when he was healthy, uh, he was almost unhittable. Almost unhittable, Yeah, right? The whole uh, year, the... the, the um... The pandemic year, I, I don't remember anybody getting a, the ball out of the infield against Pomeranz. I don't remember it happening Until about either. the playoffs. I mean, he was uh, flat out that good. So, yeah, I mean, you're obviously going to make room for Pomeranz if he can pitch anywhere near what he was doing before he got hurt. 
you can have to wait and see exactly how that is. And and by the way, the phone's ringing. That's uh, Kevin Acey's agent. He now wants to get paid. <laughs> Kevin Acey's been on the show so that. much today. I was thinking that. He's spoken more than any of us already on the show today. He's so. certainly asking all the right questions right Kevin, now. That's yeah, for sure. Kevin, yeah, a lot of airtime today. Uh, yeah, so no doubt. Uh, Padres spring training in full action. This hour on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Pfizer. When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So... If you test positive and are high risk, act fast, even if your symptoms feel mild. Ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCovid19.com, sponsored by Pfizer. Uh, listen, um, there's some news out of the NFL. Yeah, Just yeah. popped in. Yeah, what? Offensive Is this quarter. breaking news? Eric Bieniemy makes that sideways move we've been talking about to the commanders. He's going to Washington. Mm. Yeah. Mr. Bianca goes for to Washington. I was waiting for something. I left, you left me hanging out the, there the for team, a while. The team without a quarterback. Well, 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 there's so many people that think the only reason that he's not getting a job as a head coach is because the people around football think Andy Reid does all the work and Eric Bieniemy just rides coattails. I think that's a fact. So, Eric, I don't think it's 100% fact. No, I think that is why. I think why... the fact that he's African-American oh, has yeah, something yeah. to do with the fact he hasn't got a job also. I, what but... I meant is that that's 100% an excuse yes. for... That's an not... excuse that they're using right. other than the fact that he's African-American. Right. But if he goes to Washington somehow gets something out of that football team... You remove that excuse. ...and turns that offense around... Then you're down to only one excuse <laughs> right. as to why he hasn't been right. a head coach, and that would be that he's African American. Right, so because this, he's trying to remove that. This commander's uh, offense is uh, has a left a lot to be desired. It's pop so. gun offense mostly. <laughs> he's got some weapons though on he it. Does. I mean, he definitely does. You know, he's got a couple of running backs there. He's got Antonio Gibson. He's got Brian Robinson. He's got McLaren, right? He's got McLaren, yeah. So yeah, he does have scary Terry. Doesn't scary have anybody Terry. to snap the ball to right now, though. Yeah, that's uh, or he's got a little bit of a Tyler, Tyler Heineke, Heineke, but Heineke they've already kind of given up on. I yeah, thought. we need to see what's uh, what pick. I mean, they got some free agents out there this year. So there maybe... are, and they like the guy. I think his name was Sam Howell that started the last game of the year. They said... against the uh, Cowboys, yeah, yeah, which was a nightmare for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Out. We'll see. We'll see about old, old Sam. Howell. <laughs> Let's get to break. When we come back, Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago, joins us next. It's Michael Jordan's birthday. February 17th. That is Michael Jordan's birthday. So happy birthday to the GOAT. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. 239 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace Studios. Pretty good timing then to go out to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Join Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago, covers the Bulls, covered the last dance Bulls of Michael Jordan, and uh, we've been lucky enough to have him on from time to time to talk some hoops. How are you, Casey? Nice to talk with you again. Thanks for having me back on. I'm doing well. We're very, very well. Well, well. You know, Jordan, I, I think I know what he still means around the sports world. You know, as the GOAT and just the name Michael Jordan, I mean, it just gets everybody's attention and people all think back to the greatness. It, does it mean any more than that in Chicago, that it's his 60th birthday today? What's what's the reaction in the Windy City to this? Well, um, it's, it's, it's significant just because it's 60, right? So, um, you know, it certainly gave me some pause and forced me to try to, 
drag up some cobwebs from my mind and then write a couple column on the significance um, at our place and did a pretty nice retrospective for him. And, you know, the thing that I pulled away from it that's kind of telling is, and I wrote this in the piece, is, you know, this generation uh, of NBA players grew up idolizing LeBron James and Kobe Bryant as much, if not more so, than Michael Jordan, which just tells you, as we all know, that Father Time remains undefeated, right? right. So, um, but what what is still cool is, you know, even though I say that, you know, I talked to guys like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan for my piece, and they were very eloquent about not only, you know, the legend that is Michael Jordan and the legacy that he left behind, but also the responsibility that he playing for the franchise that he placed on a global scale. So um, that, to me, was pretty powerful and eloquent. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Casey, you, you covered, what, the last the last year of, of Michael? I did the I did all three of the the, the second three. The, the right? second that was what it was the second three Pete. What what is what is one of the the memories that sticks with you most? If you can go through those cobwebs you were talking about earlier, uh, of that still sticks with you when Michael Jordan was on that then that team was on that run. Oh, to me it's easy. It's cliche alert, but it's the it's the Pelicans in Utah in Game Six of the '98 Finals, and the reason why. Uh, you know, we might have explored this when we talked about the last dances. Everybody knew that was the end. It still had to play out however it was going to play out with the drama and the suspense and the intrigue. But anyone who was around that team knew that team was done and that they were breaking it up. So it was so powerful, not only in the sense that he delivered yet again. And people forget, maybe not everybody, but some people forget, not only did he make that shot, but the defensive play at the other end to strip Carl Malone leading up to that shot. It just kind of encapsulated his greatness all in one sequence. And then to place the exclamation point that poetically by holding that follow-through and that pose on a dynasty that we all knew was about to be dismantled. I mean, I don't want to be too, like, overdramatic, but it still (laughs) takes me back to that moment. I mean, it was pretty powerful stuff. Plus, we all got to go home. As writers, we were kind of draggled ourselves, not to compare what we do to what they do. So, a um, lot, lot, of, lot of great memories, obviously. For sure. Casey Johnson is with us from NBC Sports Chicago. All right, I want to I want to kind of uh, attach Michael Jordan to today's NBA, Casey. Uh, the final three years of the three-peat in Chicago that you're talking about, Jordan played in all 246 regular season games over those three years. His final year as a 39-year-old in Washington, he played in all 82 games. So what would Michael Jordan say about the load management of today? And do you think load management is an issue that the NBA should be at all concerned about? 100%. And you know what he would say about it. I mean, you call these guys soft because that's how direct and how scathing Michael could be. So... I mean, I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I, I, I don't know where you wanted to start. I think I would start here. This is actually why I really uh, appreciate covering DeMar DeRozan now, because this is a throwback dude that takes it the same way. Now, I say that after he's missed the last two games with a legitimate thigh injury, but he, he shows up all the time and plays through stuff. He's not playing through this minor injury, but um, he, he's a throwback guy who also – uh, and he just passed his thousandth career NBA game. He also does not uh, appreciate load management. 
Uh, I think it's a huge problem in today's NBA. Uh, going back to Michael, before I address, I think, a potential solution for that problem, going back to Michael, not only did he play all 82, he was obviously in every playoff game, and this is a guy that understood, like, when the Bulls would go to preseason games, that that might be that family's one opportunity to see him. And he would strap it up for every preseason game, too. He understood uh, what he symbolized and what he meant to so many people. And I always gave him credit for that. Uh, different era, for sure. It wasn't just him. Most people, you know, took playing 82 as a badge of honor and just kind of, not even a badge of honor, just kind of like what you did back then. If right. you look at those games played, B.J. Armstrong was always up there. Scotty Pippen was always up there. Tony Kukoc was always up there. So, um, but yeah, it's a huge problem. And I, I, you know, the owners, it would be hard to collectively bargain this given the amount of money involved. But Steve Kerr is on the drum beat of shortening the NBA season. And I think, I think if you're going to continue to have this low manager problem, I think that's something they need to take a, a very, very hard look at. I saw, I saw, uh, one report of possible attaching, um, games played to, all pro, all NBA and in, in, in some of the awards of that nature. I'm not sure how far that would go, but certainly it it's coming. It seems like Casey, it's coming from both sides, though, right? There are players who are sitting out, but there are organizations who are insisting that their players sit out. How do you find what is a solution that seems like both sides are taking advantage of? Yeah, it would have to be collectively bargained. And the report you talk about was kind of, you know, already tied to the looming uh, uh, collective bargaining agreements uh, that needs to be ratified or, mm-hmm. you know, agreed to. They've extended the deadline to get the next CBA in order. And I, I think that's something you need to address there um, because you're right. It comes from, from both sides. I mean, earlier this season, Zach Levine and the Bulls was coming off an arthroscopic knee surgery. And the Bulls were holding them out of one game of uh, back-to-backs. Um and Zach wanted to play, but the medical team uh, held him out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I understand. I mean, he's a $215 million asset. I, I get it, but it's an issue. And, you know, I was at the United Center this year uh, when Dallas came in for their one visit with, you know, 75 kids or young adults wearing Luka Doncic jerseys, and he's out for a load management issue. I mean, you, you talk about the expenses some, some of these families are outlaying. Yeah. Uh, to see these players play, and then you know they're they're crushed, and you know I, it's it's tough. I, I get it on all levels, but I think it's something the league really needs to, needs to take a hard look at. Casey Johnson is with us, talking a little NBA at the All Star break. He's out of NBC Sports in Chicago, and Casey, I know we can come up with a lot of reasons why the NBA might have been better back then than it is now, but. One thing I don't think anybody can argue is the unbelievable talent that is around the league right now, from Jokic to Doncic to to Kyrie to Steph to Kawhi to LeBron to Tatum. I mean, you know, to Embiid. I mean, just about every roster now has at least one superstar: Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young. I mean, it's it's just amazing how good these guys are in the NBA. I I, I mean, is this the best we've ever seen? Is it is it fair to say that? the athletes and their ability has just gone through the roof almost. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not one of these guys. Uh, you know, I've been around the league since 96. I'm not one of these guys who says, you know, uh, when I went to school, I climbed over <laughs> a hill and walked through. I mean, 
it's just different eras, right? I mean, like, I love that style of basketball, physical, take no prisoners. You know, there was no such thing as a flagrant foul. Right. Uh, post-oriented, uh, more half-court oriented, execution oriented. And I love this era. I mean, things evolve. That's just the way it is. So to your point, I mean, I don't, I don't always love, like, some of the offenses that are literally just screen roll or three-point shot. That's, they, those bore me a little bit occasionally. But, I mean, in terms of the skill level, you nail it. I mean, you're talking about guys like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic that, at, as big men, are doing what they're doing. It's astounding. It's mind-blowing. So, I'm never one of these guys who say, oh, you should have seen the league back in the day. No, what we're seeing now is amazing, and what we saw then was amazing. I just feel lucky to be around the NBA for as long as I have as a, as a journalist um, because, I mean, you know, Doncic and Jokic, they're and Giannis. I mean, Gian, I, yeah. I covered both Boston United last night. Giannis only played nine minutes because he had a wrist injury. But every time you get to see that guy play, you're astounded at some of the things he can do. So the league's in fantastic shape. Uh, you know, people say there'll never be another Michael Jordan. Well, you know, when we're all dead, there might be. You know, I yeah. mean, it's just the, the league is amazing, and these athletes are amazing. KZ Johnson joins us, NBC Sports Chicago. And Casey, let's talk about this current Bulls team. Uh, Do we have to? <laughs> they've lost what? Six, I was trying to avoid six, it myself. Six straight, I believe, right? Uh, yeah. Lonzo Ball has been it's a, a, a tough year for him. I mean, his, he had the knee surgery. It just has not seemed to get better. I did see at one point he was starting to run on a treadmill. Where is he at in his recovery, and what exactly has gone down or has gone wrong with the knee surgery? Yeah, so we're fully expecting the league to – it's almost, to me, a formal conclusion or formality at this point. We're fully expecting the team to announce coming out of the break and maybe even over this weekend. I doubt Ben because they don't want to steal thunder from the week, uh, from the league, but that he's going to be uh, shut down for the season. Mm-hmm. He's not even running or cutting yet. So this is going to be, guys um, – the, the initial surgery was in January of 2022. It was just a meniscus repair. He was due back to play, not not to rehab or to be reevaluated. He was due back to play in six to eight weeks from that procedure. Unfortunately, um, he has yet to be on an NBA court since then. It's so sad. I, I mean, injuries are the worst, and Chicago already lived this through the Derrick Rose era. Mm. Um, and I'm not comparing Lonzo Ball to a league MVP, but Lonzo Ball is an elite, elite uh, role player who impacts the game at both ends and makes those around him better. So he, he, the meniscus surgery was deemed a success, but a bone bruise that preceded it lingered to the point where uh, he worked out to the offseason, but he wasn't getting anywhere. And so he had to go through it at the Brideman, like a little cleanup of some debris uh, right at the start of training camp. And again, was due back, but the debridement just, is not fix the problem. And doctors are confounded as to what's going on. They think both surgeries were successful, but he still is experiencing pain and discomfort. He is not even cutting. And we're talking that's 13 months from the initial injury. Mm. So this is a dude who might go to next training camp without getting on the NBA court. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. And it's, as I said before, so sad for a guy who is selfless, plays the right way, impacts winning, makes those around him better, is not about his own stats. And he's only 25 years old. So, sad story. And Chicago, unfortunately, like I said, has looked at before with, uh, with the D. Rose there. Last thing for me, uh, Casey, love talking hoops with you, but uh, this is the one thing that's going to be fun for 
NBA fans and even even kind of casual fans is this rush to the championship. I mean, uh, the the Eastern Conference, you got three elite teams for sure. You've got Philadelphia, you've got Milwaukee, and of course you've got uh you know Boston there at the top. And now in the West, I mean, I, you got Phoenix, you got Denver, but you might have another five or six other teams depending on healthy Golden State can get and I, I still am not eliminating the Lakers entirely, even though they're in the thirteenth spot. My point is who do you like coming out of all of this and how fun is it going to be to try and figure it all out? Yeah, again, you, you, you put it perfectly because I just texted somebody the other day like this is gonna be an amazing playoffs. They always are, but I agree this year that just seems even more wide open than ever. I would put my focus on the East on just two teams. I'm not and I could be wrong here. I I've never been a sold on Philadelphia as great as Embiid is. I I've never thought Harden is, you know, the kind of player that can produce winning basketball in in, in, uh, in in the highest realm. So I'm focused on Milwaukee and Boston to come out of the East, and I could be wrong. Uh, and then the West, I, I'm like you, I have no clue. I mean, I would I would throw the Clippers in there even even still, even though I'm not 100 percent sold on them. The point is, Memphis, you, there's so much parity there. If I had to pick, I'd probably say. Um, Denver or um, uh, probably Denver or eh. yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm picking. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm torn. But, but I, I, I go with Milwaukee or Boston versus Denver in the, in the NBA Finals. So uh, okay. uh, that'd be cool to see Jokic on that on that bigger stage. Okay, see, so we appreciate the time. Enjoy the All Star break. It's always a good spot in the season for everybody to get a little rest and. Uh, Good luck to those Bulls here uh, down the stretch. Maybe they can get it back turned around and sneak into the postseason. But uh, it's always fun talking basketball with you. We appreciate it, and happy Michael Jordan birthday day. Thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you soon down the road. Enjoyed. Thanks again. Casey Johnson always does a nice job. Love having him on from NBC Sports Chicago. You join us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today. In the Carlsbad Auto Mall, Chevrolet, find new roads. All right. They just had Michael Jordan Day, by the way, uh, earlier two weeks ago. Because two weeks ago was 2 3 That's right. 23. That's right. That's so right. they were calling that Michael Jordan Day. Now watch. it's his birthday, so he gets another Michael <laughs> Jordan Day. He's still, he's the GOAT, right? I mean, so next, I know so LeBron's that, the GOAT. I know Brady's the GOAT. I know Rice is the GOAT. I know everybody's the GOAT. Jordan still seems to stand above everyone somehow. That's that is how goaded he is. At yeah, this point. he's amazing. Uh, so that means next year we'll have a Kobe Bryant day. Eight twenty-four twenty-four. Eight twenty-four or two four twenty-four. Kobe will have a few days next year himself. Absolutely. All right. Top of the hour. Daily Gambit is around the corner. Three o'clock hour. Betting our way. Scraby continuing to be. Remarkably silent. <laughs> no one's asked for my opinion. What do we have to do to keep this going? I don't know if anybody ever asked for your opinion. <laughs> yeah, wait a, you what still is the last get in time there? we asked you to chime in? I'm trying to be in. I'm turning over a new leaf. Oh, don't do that. You. Don't do that. Start talking when we come back. Scraby joins the program at the top of the three o'clock hour on 97.3 The Fan.